This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I have a special guest with me, uh, Reverend Greg Winslow. Uh, Greg is the president of Hidden Manna Ministries. He's also spearheading If My People. But let's get first uh, so our people can know who you are. Uh, give me a little bit of a, your background, Greg. Okay. Um, well, my wife and I met in Youth with a Mission back in 1986 here in New Hampshire. Okay. Uh, got married, and then we went into full-time ministry in Mexico, in the country of Mexico, for 27 years. So we were 27 years missionaries in Mexico from 1988 to 2015. Wow. The end of 2015. What so we planted a few churches there in Mexico, and in 2015, early 2016, we came off the field and have been in New Hampshire ever since. Wow. What part of Mexico? So we were in Acapulco, Mexico for nine years. Okay. And then we were in Zihuatanejo for 17. Wow. Wow. I'm sure you uh, might have encountered some, uh, maybe some close calls. You know, the cartel is operating down there. Very much so, especially in the mid-2000s um, when Calderon became president. He declared war on the the drug traffickers, the narcos, and that just opened up a bloodbath tail to tail and uh, tip to tip there in Mexico and no place was exempt from violence, gruesome violence, off the wall violence, things you would never think of doing to somebody, that type of violence. Yeah. No, I, I understand. I've been to Mexico before and um, uh, held a, well, large meetings, but uh, pastors meetings before and I know that when I left, I uh, got word several of the pastors that had attended that uh, pastoral conference were executed. Uh, they were uh, blindsided off the road, pulled out of the car, and shot. So, I, I know yeah. there's uh, there's some sacrifices going on, uh, martyrs for the gospel down there. Sure. Now let me let me uh, get in a little bit about. Uh, you're the president of Hidden Mana Ministries. Uh, go ahead and yep. explain what that's all about. Well, Hidden Mana Ministries, you know it. It's semi-international because we work in Mexico still. The church I planted in Zihuatanejo, my son pastors it, so we're involved in his ministry there. I've been involved in foreign missions, but basically uh, we're here in the States, and a lot of what we do here in the United States is these gatherings called If My People, which is prayer gatherings to pull the body of Christ together for such a time as this to start praying and to seek God for the state of our country. So we've done uh, 22 of those events all through New England, and uh, this year we're heading to Gettysburg. Wow. Well, that is uh, very critical. I know that I'm leading Eagles Saving Nations. Again, uh, focused on training, strategy, exhortation, worship, preaching, Allowing the glory of God to manifest with people being baptized in the Holy Spirit, others constantly overflowing with the Holy Ghost. We want them to leave the conferences encouraged, refreshed, 
and strengthened with power and authority to accomplish confronting evil forces that are trying to enslave God's people and their nation. In other words, it's focused on another great awakening. We need another great awakening. We need the third person of the Trinity operating through the believer once again so that they can move with power and authority without intimidation and fear. Uh, We've got to take back this nation, and only the church is going to do it, Greg. That's right. That's right. So, um, just to give you a small background of how these meetings came about, uh, as I mentioned, I lived in Mexico, and we had the violence epidemic there. Up here, we have a, a, a sickness epidemic. Down there, it was violence, and it was. Uh, I personally have had two friends uh, assassinated with over two hundred bullet shells in their in their body, My. and people <laughs> in our church were kidnapped and and never found again, and things like that. And so. In 2009, we came together and we said, we're not getting help from the government, we're not getting help from the police, and we're not getting help from the military. So if we're going to get any help, we have to come together on the basis of birthright and pray. So we gathered about 40 churches in our city, which was not a big city. You want to name a small fishing town. And, and we came together, didn't do a lot of preaching, didn't do a lot of anything except crying out for the Lord. There was worship and there was an altar call, but basically what there was is pastors and leaders and people, not just the pastors and not just the intercessors, but God's people calling out for, for God to pray. That night, the governor of Zihuatanejo was at the meeting. We had invited him and he accepted the Lord and he he gave the keys of the city, and we had made up keys at the Ziwatanejo on him. He gave those keys. He presented them to the church. And as a result, we saw immediate decline in the violence in our area, so much so that the unbeliever was like, something's happening here because we're not hearing a lot of a lot of bombs going off and grenades and machine guns. And, and so we saw a pushback on what was invading our area because the church came together and pray so when we came to new hampshire you know we were prayer walking manchester new hampshire we came upon uh, the snhu arena big huge arena where where rock musicians go and things like that and we laid our hands on it and we said you know lord use this venue for something other than just you know, worldly concerts and hockey games and circuses. Use it for your glory. And the Lord encouraged us to get it. And we said that we can't get it. We don't have the money. We don't know people. We can't get it. And the Lord said, those are good excuses. Now get it. And so we figured out how to get that arena. And on October 28, 2018, we had 2,700 people coming together in New England to pray for the region especially concerning the opioid crisis and the opioid overdose epidemic that was hitting, that's hitting New Hampshire, uh, New England. And again, we saw the same results because the church came together unified to pray, not, not making sure everybody prayed the same way the other person did, but to pray and push back. We saw opioid deaths decline, opioid overdoses decline, violent crime decline, same type of thing because the church came together and there was no superstars at this meeting. It was just the local people doing the, the praying. It was people who we didn't have anybody that was well known. Just the church came together on the authority they've been given to, to say, Lord, we're using our authority for such a time as this right here, right now. And, and we saw the same results. Well, again, you get right back into Pentecost. 
And Jesus said, go tarry until you're endued with power from on high so you can represent me, so I can continue to do the works through you. And so they came and tarried. Uh, they didn't come and preached. They came and tarried. And I, I think that's uh, part of the same principle here that you're saying. As we wait upon the Lord, he renews our strength and he starts to move. He starts to operate. Greg? Yes, yes. And also, if you look at like the next step, the, the Acts chapter 4, you, I know you know it. They're, they're praying in unity for God to give them boldness to stand against all the arrests that are coming and all the persecution. They're not praying to alleviate that, but they're just praying for boldness. And it says the place shook. And these people, the testimony of the apostles was they turned the world upside down. Just a handful of people, but they were bold. They knew their authority. They used it. They knew how to pray, and they knew how to they knew how to preach the word of the Lord. And and really, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for a people that will stand and be counted in God's kingdom for God to be able to use in whatever form, shape, distance, capacity, money. You know, because. Um, God's calling his body to participate, not just the intercessors, not just the ministers. His whole body has got to get involved in this. Well, that's that's exactly right, and that's that's the whole point again. I, I think that's why uh, Dr. Augie wanted us to really uh, get together, because uh, we are going along the same way, uh, that God moves through the local body of believers, um, like you said, no superstar, no superstar yet has saved America. But when you energize the church, the church has been commissioned by God and the church can save America and every nation. If the church once again comes together and focuses on God and the power of God operating through them, then there will be signs and wonders. Then they will speak where before they operated in fear and intimidation, maybe ran and hid and hide. But uh, we need to get back to the reality of God. And uh, I think what you're doing is so beautiful. So you've already done 22 in America. Is that correct? It was in two, 22 in the New England area. In the New England area. Wow. Yes. Wow. And so uh, the, what is your goal, to sweep America? Well, that was the word we got from the Lord. Um, of course, the first meeting was very scary because it had a very high overhead. And then we started, uh, New Hampshire is divided into 10 regions, so we started visiting those regions and then into the state of Maine and the state of Connecticut and the state of Massachusetts. And, and this year we felt led to go into Pennsylvania on July 2nd. And we did not know July 2nd was the anniversary of, of the war in Gettysburg. Uh, we were going to try to do Philadelphia on the 4th. Just, just was, it, there was just a block there. And so we moved the date. We kept moving the date back. And when we settled on July 2nd, you know, we were going to go to Philadelphia on July 2nd, come to find out, July 2nd is the Gettysburg War, and I know that it's a tough time to be in Gettysburg, but you know what? The the things we started to see is what happened in Gettysburg turned the tide of the country, and we're believing if we can gather the country, because the whole country was gathered in Gettysburg in 1863, but to fight, but they were fighting against each other, not against a common enemy, but if we can gather the people in Gettysburg, the nation, the world, and, and fight, but not against each other like they did, but to pray, we might be able to turn the tide of the country. As you said, the church has the ability to do it, 
The church just needs the disposition to do it. Well, I'll tell you what, there's, there has got to be that uh, understanding of the seriousness of the hour. America and the world has never faced a situation like this, that they're literally trying to topple the republic and actually move us all into a new world order. They're trying to erode uh, the sovereignty of every nation, take away borders. Uh, people don't understand what they're fighting against. And uh, you're fighting against hell itself through the world elite and, and other people that some have trusted that are actually betraying their own countrymen. Um, Greg? Yes, yes, for sure. And and in the Gettysburg uh, War, you know, it was brother against brother. And, and they actually were repulsed at the, f- at the fact that they were killing countrymen. And um, the statue in Gettysburg of Maryland, because Maryland was a border state on the border of the North and the South, there's a statue of a woman holding two dead babies, and one is from the North and one is from the South, and it was brother against brother. And so we're looking to heal that brother against brother. And, and it's the same thing we're at today. We... We in the church fight brother against brother. We lop our ears off like that happened in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, Peter just in anger lashed out, cut the ear off, and the guy couldn't hear anymore. And and we're in that same type of situation now where we need healing, and we need God to bring healing. Um, I will mention um, two things that we did in these events and that we will do in Gettysburg. When we did the SNHU Arena, the big event, we got every race that we could think of on stage. There was African-Americans, there was whites, there was Jewish people, there was women, there was from India, from Asia, from, from Latino America. We interlocked arms and we broke off racism, however it can be found in this country, not just white against black, but however you find it. And we stood against that and broke it. And it was very powerful. The The presence of God on stage was very powerful. And then last year, we went to Plymouth um, at the National Monument to the Forefathers, and we got descendants from the Mayflower and First Nations, uh, and we interlocked arms and broke off any of that. You know, they came to kick us off our land and, and all that. We broke that and reconciled that and the presence of God was very, very powerful there. And I'm not a guy given to falling over, but I almost fell flat in my face with nobody around me because of the presence of God in that outside event. And this year, we want to gather the North, the, the Union Army, and the Confederate Army in interlock arms and say, let's this be forgiven. This must be healed. And uh, I'm not sure if other people have done it before. I'm sure there must have been. But we want to see the country healed of this division within itself. I mean, we don't have an external enemy necessarily. Most of our enemies are within and our own land and, and our own policies and things like that. So we're looking to, to, to heal that and to, to really see God heal, uh, especially what was the Union and the Confederates fighting against each other. Well, there's got to be a there's got to be a healing throughout the land, or there is going to be another civil war. I know I work with uh, attorneys and and law enforcement, uh, those that f- fight in the the Supreme Court. I work with those again that are judges and uh, congressmen. And uh, I tell you what, everybody is concerned that this nation is splitting up. There, I'm literally talking. They're they're thinking 
in serious terms of a, a civil war uh, and an invasion coming because the, our enemies are going to take advantage of what we're doing right now is we're in a mode of self-destruction. We got people yep. literally wanting to destroy America on top of the republic. You know, the Bible is very clear that in the last days, perilous times will come. You know, that's 2 Timothy 3.1. For men will be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. 2 Timothy 3, 2 through 4. And Jesus asked the question, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on earth? Luke 18, 8. Today, like never before in the history of the United States of America, as well as every nation, Jesus Christ is being maligned, ridiculed, and made obsolete. You know, what you're doing, Greg, is, is just critical. We've got to come back to what Jesus said when he ascended, go tarry and uh, wait on me and uh, let me walk through you and work through you and give you that courage, that tenacity. And we've got to come back to another great awakening. And that's why, again, I think Dr. Augie wanted me to talk with you so much and uh, because we are, we are doing basically the same thing. We're trying to get another great awakening through God himself, through the Holy Spirit, and uh, I think what you're doing is, is so critically important, uh, Greg. Yeah, it is. And um, I, you know, I've become passionate about it. I believe it's time to put down the cookouts and the cornhole and the programs and start to pray. And uh, if I could just share this verse that has really been heavy on my heart, and it it's going to come across kind of awkward, but it's where I think the Lord wants to take the church. Um, in the book of Second Kings, chapter one, Elijah gives a word to the king that the king doesn't like, and so the king sends a man with fifty to arrest Elijah. And basically, Elijah had given the solid word of the Lord, and the king didn't like it. So the king was now coming to arrest Elijah. He wasn't going to have a conference. He wasn't going to have a time of talking with him. He was going to arrest the man of God. And so the man of God said, and, and the, the commander called out and said, hey, man of God, recognizing that man's position before God, he had no reverence. He was still going to arrest him. And so he, he told him to come down. And Elijah said, if I'm a man of God, then I want fire to come down from heaven. And that's where God wants to bring the church, not to consume men and women, but for fire to come down and light this country on fire again for God. And if we're men of God, we can bring the fire down, not again, not to consume people, but to consume the garbage, consume the trash, consume the stuff that we are, we are tolerating and, and bring the fire down. If we're men of God, why does fire not come around when we're around? It should be because our God is a consuming fire. And the, and the Bible says smoke comes out of his nostrils because fire is on the inside of him. And as a country, we need that fire back inside of us. We need that, that fire to follow us and where people look at us and say, man of God, woman of God people of God. We don't arrest them. We get on their side. Like the third guy did. Third guy's life was spared because he said, I'm not here to arrest you. I'm asking for mercy because he had seen fire come down. He had heard the reports of fire coming down. Now in that story, it did consume people, but that is not what we are praying for. We know better than to say, burn them up, Lord. We're, we're saying, 
there's things that need to be burnt policies, things that are happening in our government that must be burned up. There's there's tolerance in the church that must be burned up. This stuff, the church must call fire down and say, we need fire. Like that song says, set a fire in my soul, can't be contained, can't be controlled. We, we have been controlling the fire for too long. And it's time to say, no, we want fire to come down and do what it does to especially the corruption the gunk. I mean, you've ministered in corrupt nations. I lived in a corrupt nation. Nobody had uh, an excitement for living. When when corruption reigns, there's no excitement for living. There's just a tolerance to living. So that's that's where I'm seeing. I hear that in your heart as well. That's where we're at. We're at a place where fire has to show up or we're just going to continue down a wrong path. And like you said, it's it's urgent like never before. Well, it is urgent like never before, and and you're exactly right. Uh, people in some of these countries get into just a survival mode, just to get through the day. I know I've, I've lived, literally lived in Singapore, Malaysia, Sabah, Africa, and uh, as well as traveling the nations of the world constantly. But uh, they get, a lot of these countries, the people, you know, they, they don't have any hope. They just want to survive, just get through the day. Well, we've got to do more than survive. We need to conquer. You know, on my website, www.worldministries.org, I have a thought of the day every day, and the thought today was we need another great awakening or this nation will fall. Words preached without Pentecost. Behind the words is sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. We need Jesus walking through the believer today doing signs and wonders. We need to get back to reality, Greg. For sure, for sure. Um, and the great awakening is, is, has to be not just the unbeliever coming to the Lord. It, 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, if my people, it's on our people to see if this land is going to get healed. It's not on the unbeliever. The unbeliever getting converted is a result of God's people humbling themselves and pray and seeking his face. That's the fruit of that verse. The unbeliever coming to the Lord in droves. We need to get to that place where especially chronicles is life to us it's not death it's life where when we do it we are seeing you know uh, a move happen and in in second kings again a king a king elijah tells the king i want you to take those arrows in your hand the lord's hour of victory and i want you to strike the ground and that's what these events are these events are us striking the ground again and again we're not stopping at two and three we're not stopping at 20. we're striking the ground until we got a victory or we or we die well you're exa- you're exactly right death. yeah you're exactly right greg and and we are talking about the church you and i if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, let's put it very honestly and frankly, it's been the dysfunctional church that allowed hedonism to sweep America, and there's hedonism in most churches today. We've got to have another great awakening. It's got to start the cleansing through the local church, and we have to get right back to loving God with all our heart, our soul, our mind. We need to get back to those that led a great awakening. They chase God constantly. They were never satisfied. They wanted more of God. That is what we have to have today, Greg. For sure. Sleeping giant should not be words that are referenced to the church. That's an insult to Jesus when we're called the sleeping giant. We should, neither one of those, neither one of those should be a reference to us. 
sleeping and giant. We should be the conquering. And and let's face it, you're not a conqueror if you're not conquering anything, right? And and so we need to rise up and conquer, uh, reconquer the land, reconquer uh, the heart of the Lord again, because we have drifted and it's time to come back and and uh, I hear us speaking the same language. I hear us the same passion to say, we do this or it falls. And if America falls, and this is a hard thing for a lot of people to hear, especially people from other countries. But if America falls, there's no place to run. Well, I was just with leaders out of Africa yesterday and the day before and all week. And that's exactly the statement that even they said. If America falls, we all fall. There's no place to run. There's no safety. And I I liked what you said. The sleeping giant uh, is a disgusting phrase. Uh, I think Jesus would call it the lukewarm backslid and dysfunctional church. But the sleeping (laughs) giant, I don't think think, uh, God is happy with that a bit. He said, will I find faith when I return? Yeah, for sure. And and so we're just trying to stir up the country as much as we can. We're just a small ministry. We're sometimes seem very insignificant, but we're just trying to stir up and stir up and stir up and get people to say, your prayers count before the Lord. Your, you and your prayers count, even though you might be in some off-the-map off the city or, or country or county somewhere. Your prayers matter. We need to come together unified in faith. Um, and, and here's the thing. It's not that we need a big meeting. God can do this with 30 people if he needs to, but the world need, the world is watching America and the world needs to see America is taking this praying, not a handful, not 10 or 15. They need to see the country coming together, praying because they'll do likewise. But if they see us roll over and just 10 or 15 people praying, they're going to say, well, they're not really taking it serious. But but if they see the country coming together and praying, they will do likewise. They say that's what America that's how America is handling this. That's how we do, because Amer- everybody follows America, whether we like it or not, believe it or not, or even want it or not. They follow what we do and we give license to them to do what we do. And so if we do nothing. We're essentially giving them license to roll over as well. So it's a time to rally, see to shining sea, border to border, and say, we must pray. There's more at stake than your business, your family, your grandchildren, even though those are things very much worth fighting for. But there's a lot, there's nations at stake here if if we do not mobilize and and stir up the body to pray there's there's a lot at stake ladies and gentlemen you've been listening to the warning radio program my special guest uh, greg winslow hidden man of ministries uh leading if my people uh look it up get involved again as greg said we need another great awakening i wrote the book the science of judgment that's uh, all in Bible schools the science of judgment and we need a lot more than a few people praying we need to turn it around because, again, there's got to be more than just a few people, more than a remnant. Right now, this nation qualifies to be judged. We need another great awakening. We need a revival. It's got to start through the church. Look at my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. Click on Eagles Saving Nation. Subscribe today. 
So we can get into the stadiums and the NBA stadiums, the National Football League stadiums, civic centers, et cetera, et cetera. And through prayer and the word, we need to turn this nation around. We need another Pentecost operating through the local believer. Greg, thank you for being on the Warning Radio program today. Thank you for having me, Jonathan. May God richly bless all of you. I'll see you tomorrow.